You are listening to We Woke Up Like This. I'm Reverend Joya. And I'm Reverend Celia. And we We are loyal to loving and supporting soul awakening in every human being. On this episode of We Woke Up Like This... Celia and I dive into the first half of Desire, the chapter on desire in the way of mastery. Grab your notebook. Hello, beautiful listeners. Welcome back to We Woke Up Like This. This is Reverend Joya. Good morning. And this is, well, good morning wherever you are. (laughs) It's a good morning where I am at 1122. This is Celia, Reverend Celia. And I'm so grateful to be with you today and to be with my beautiful, beautiful friend, Joya. Ah. I really did the practice last week in the power of forgiveness of releasing and forgiving the day at the end of the day. Before I went to bed, every night I would lay down, close my eyes, and really consciously go through my day and consciously say, I release this day. It is done. It has been a great day. Well, and also, too, to just be able to receive ourselves. That's what I got from the exercise of if I didn't do it, because I, I did do it and then I didn't do it, right? Like, And then I noticed that it was also doing me. <laughs> In that, like, where was I able to locate my own humanity and tenderness for myself? Mm. It was very beautiful. All right. Well, are we ready to dive into lesson four, following the thread of desire? Yeah. This is going to be such a fun conversation about desire. I can't wait to dive in. Why don't you go ahead and get us started? Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much for the opportunity. So, dear listener, I just invite you to... um, Grab your journal. I'm sure there's going to be something juicy in this section that we're going to want to write down and um, just make yourself comfortable in whatever that looks like for you. And I just invite you to take a deep breath and settle into your body and bring your awareness fully here. So lesson four, following the thread of desire. Now we begin. And once again, Greetings unto you, beloved and holy friends. Once again, it is with great joy that we come forth to abide with you in this manner. It is with great joy that I come forth with my friends to abide with you in this hour. It is with great joy that I walk with you on the way that you have chosen. For in truth, there is not a time that I am not with you. There is not a place to which you can journey where you will not discover my presence. Only reality can be true and reality is simple. There is but one, wait, there is but the simplicity of love. Only reality can be true. The reality is simple. There is but the simplicity of love. And from that ocean, there is birthed a multitude of forms, a multitude of worlds, a multitude of creations of which you are one. And like waves arising from the sea, those creations remain linked eternally to their creator. You are a wave 
arising from the infinite ocean of love, which is the presence of God. I am a wave that has risen from the ocean of my father's holy mind. And those two waves seem to appear separately by what is called time. By even 2000 of your years, yet in truth, when seen from a much broader perspective, those waves have arisen simultaneously from the ocean surface. They arise for the very same purpose, to express the simplicity and the innocence and the beauty, the creativity, the truth and the reality of the ocean itself. And the waves delight in expressing what seems to be uniquely individuated, in individuality, unique individuality. And yet they carry the common thread of being made of the same substance and are truly governed by the same laws of creation. For, all, for they know not the moment of their own arising, for only the depth of the ocean unseen can know the moment when it chooses to well up and to create the expression of the wave. The power that is not seen, but is hidden in the depth of the ocean arises up through and forms that wave and sustains that wave throughout the duration of its expression. And it is from the depth of that ocean that it is decided when that wave shall return to the sea. Does that mean it disappears only from one perspective? But in reality, the very substance that is made manifest truly has not known birth and death, but only expression. What then, if you were to consider yourself as a wave arising from the holy mind of God, born of God's infinite desire to expand himself, to express the infinite nature of love and creativity. What if you began to realize that all you have called yourself is the effect of love, that you do not cause yourself to come into existence? I am the effect of love. And yet, as you have arisen from that ocean of love, is not the wave made of the same substance as the sea itself? Are you not given infinite and perfect freedom? For just as your father perceives you, you are given the freedom to perceive yourself and all of the other waves you might notice, and even the ocean itself in any way that you choose. The goal then of a genuine spirituality is to realign the quality of your perception to mirror, to resonate with, to be in perfect alignment with the perception of your creator to see with God's eyes. Beloved friends, in truth, you remain as you are created to be. And in each and every moment, you are literally using the power found in the silent depth of the ocean of God's love that gave rise to your very creation and existence to perceive as you desire. Therefore, in this lesson, we will address the very nature of desire itself, what it means, what it signifies, how it creates effects, the power of desire, the value of desire, the meaning and purpose of desire, 
and how to begin to bring that energy, which at times, you know, feels like a team of a thousand wild horses all wanting to go in their own directions to bring the very power of desire under your conscious and deliberate direction that you might indeed create as the father created you with perfect, deliberate, infinite love, with perfect and infinite and deliberate freedom, with perfect and infinite and deliberate joy, and with perfect, perfect freedom. I love this. Oh, I do too. I love that image of the harnessing your desires. I mean, imagine the horsepower of your desires. If you have a thousand wild horses of your desires and you could bring them all into one rain, you're like, giddy up horses. Right. It's harnessing. It's literally like, what? (laughs) Exactly. Wow. I love that, that he used the word perfect, deliberate, infinite, perfect, deliberate, deliberate, infinite. So many times. And perfect, perfect freedom. And that that freedom comes from correct perception. It does. That's right. That's how I have it too. (sighs) Go ahead, my dear. Desire. When I walked upon your planet as a man, I confronted many different opinions about the nature of creation, the creator, the nature of mankind, the nature of consciousness. Although the word was not around at the time, what you call consciousness or self-identity. Just as you are now confronted with many schools of thought, so too was I. And while that can seem to lead to great confusion, as though one must choose from the smorgasbord, it actually serves not, not unlike the sand inside the oyster from which the pearl will come. It causes you to grate inside. Oh my gosh. So one of my favorite kitchen tools is the, is the grater. (laughs) 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 Yes. It's all about refining. And I'm, some of the mothers might get this. um, When my children were really little, I would grate up carrots and and all of the aromatics because they didn't like things that were chunky. So I love the the granular nature of what it means to essentially make the recipe of your life by choosing to be in the space of softness, right? Like with ourselves, because unless we're grating, unless we're getting raw and real with ourselves, um, it can't come forward. What? Okay, you must find your own way to your own truth. For before each and every one of you lies your pathway and a doorway, an eye of the needle through which only you can fit. Therefore, in some respects, you are seemingly alone. You must make the decisions to desire above all things, awakening into perfect remembrance of your union with God. Just as a wave might finally decide that it has been birthed, not to be fearful of being a wave, but to truly claim its individuation, to claim its uniqueness and to live that fully. And in that fullness to decide to discover a way to be aware of its 
infinite union with the ocean itself to somehow break free from the myopic self-identification as one little piece of wave that arises in a place or a field of time that lasts for but a second and then disappears. And to find a way to transcend that limitation, to become re-identified with a consciousness, a living awareness that you are one with the depth of the sea, that you can operate not from the superficial level of awareness that might be like that foam at the tip of the wave that you call your consciousness or egoic mind, but that you become informed in all that you speak, in all that you do, in all that you create, and all that you perceive by that which rests in the very infinite depth of the ocean itself. This is such the secret of power. Yes. Oh, yes. This is it right here. The no, the, no separation in it whatsoever. It's, yeah. It's, that there is no separation. And then you start to operate from this more powerful sense of being and stepping into your power to create and to create not as you not as you think and want in your mind, but as you vibrate, as you desire, as you are, as, as you're being in the world. And when you're identified with this depth of the infinite self that we all truly are and have access to, like we were at least given a connection. It, it, it is not not in us. We have we all have this connection that when we tune into and tap into this resonance and this vibration of energy it's why Yeshua said, it is not I, but the father through me who does all these things, because he was very much attuned to being part of this vast sea of power, of infinite power, of infinite possibility, of infinite choice to be harnessed and utilized through the human body as we raise our own vibration and our own frequency and our own alignment and attunement with it. So beautiful. Imagine then drawing upon a well within you that seems to have no bottom and sides through which something is pouring forth from places unseen in which your literal conscious attention, your conscious awareness seems to be colored with radiant light, a light that literally leaves you feeling that you are not the body mind or the personal history with you, which you had identified before, but that these things are only temporal or temporary and very impersonal effects of a level of desire within your soul, which is one and the same thing as the love of God expressing itself for no other reason that love must be extended. Imagine. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Imagine transcending your fear of your own survival, because as you look upon your body mind, you are no longer identified as that body mind. That those things have become tools to be utilized by the love which rests in the mind of God, that you live yet no longer you, but Christ dwells as you. This is a very real experience to be lived. It is not just a philosophy. It's not just a concept. And it can never be a dogma. 
There is a mystical translation that occurs in the depth of the soul, which in truth is merely a shifting of where you perceive your sense and source of identity. And the energy, the energy required to take you from myopic self-contraction in which you have become identified with the little drops of foam out on the tip of the wave, tossed to and fro by a power that seems to be outside of you, to a sense of identify, identify, that seems like the wrong word, to a sense of identity with the silent depth of the ocean that is everywhere present and seems to know no beginning or no end. This very energy that will carry you from the tip of the wave to the depth of the ocean is the energy of desire. For I say well unto you that if the father had not desired to extend love, you would never have come into existence. Your very sense of awareness of self is the result, the effect of love, the very same love that has birthed the sun and the moon and all of the stars in every dimension upon dimension upon dimension of creation. That very love that desired for that love to be extended is the very source from which you have been birthed. As you know yourself to be then, you are the effect of God's desire to extend love. Therefore, when next someone asks you, oh, who are you? Please do not give them a name. Do not say, well, I was born in a certain town in a certain part of the planet. Don't tell them you're a Democrat or a Republican or a communist or an atheist or a Catholic. Tell them the truth. Who am I? I am the extension of love and form. I have never been born and I will never taste death. I am infinite and eternal. I shine forth as a sunbeam to the sun. I am the effect of God's love and I stand before you to love you. Now that will raise some eyebrows. It will also transform your world. For it is time to stop seeking Christ outside and start choosing to take responsibility for being Christ incarnate. Desire is everything. Amen. And okay, so when I first read this book, I had such issues with it, especially being raised Catholic, like, oh my God, oh. I can't say that I'm Christ until I looked up the etymology of what Christ means and what cre like the word, the word Christos and where it came from, because Jesus, Yeshua's name was not Jesus Christ. That was not his name. He was, he was Yeshua the Christ. Right. And it's a title. And it says, of course, it was the, the, um, the name given to Jesus, but in actuality, I'm looking up the etymology. So I make sure I get it exactly right, right now. Um, in Hebrew, it's the Messiah which in Greek means Christos or anointed. And that got that put down to Christ. So when we think that we are anointed, we're all anointed. And Every that, single one of us. And that this consciousness is the energy from which we all come. And it says it right here that we come from, I mean, the source that extends itself as love. And, and you know, for me, when I think of the word love, I think of the energy of expansive. I think of like when we went to Colorado and we look out in that beautiful nature and we see rivers and trees and flowers and 
all these beautiful things that I'm like, this is just here as an extension of the beauty that source is. And then we come from that same energy just blows my mind. Right. Well, I, I love that you say it blows your mind because I, I, um, I ask for God to blow my mind. <laughs> yeah, I'm allowing it. I think um, I desire that. I think that's why we're here, right? Like to blow our own minds and blow the minds of others because that's what's up. So this week I'm going to a business conference and I'm going to, when people, when I shake my hand, like meet new people, I'm going to say, hi, I'm Joya. I'm the extension of love and love and form. Yeah. I think that's hot. (laughs) (laughs) I can't wait to see what the reactions are to that. You'll have to report back. Yeah, for sure. Well, desire is everything. Desire is everything. Take just a moment right now. Let the body relax and imagine that you could move back from being the actor in the play of your life to being the director and the producer. And you're sitting in your laboratory or studio and you're editing the story of your life. And you're looking at all the little clips and from the time that you were birthed, the time that you went to kindergarten, the first time you fell in love, the time you first decided to go to a movie, the time you went off to college, the time you took a job or this job or that job, or you moved to another physical location. And look closely and see if it's not true for the very action that for every action, excuse me, that for every action you have ever done, for every decision you have ever made, after trying to analyze it all is there not underneath it in the energy of desire. Let me read that again because it sounds a little woo-woo. And look closely and see if it is not true for that every action you have ever done, for every decision you have ever made after trying to analyze it all, Is there not underneath it the energy of desire? Here comes the kitty. Of course there is. Yeah, the energy of desire is everything. We don't do anything without a desire to do it. Yeah, you want to. It's like the propelling forward um, energy of motion. But it's the where you want to from. Yes, exactly. Yeah. For in truth, you do not even lift the body from your couch to go to the refrigerator without the desire to eat. (laughs) Something calls you into the field of action, an expression of action. It is desire. For one, no one enters into an intimate relationship without the energy of desire. For Who two have ever looked upon one another and said, I don't feel any desire whatsoever, but let's get married, have children and raise a family. (laughs) Desire. Desire is the energy which brings forth all waves of creation out of the depths of the ocean itself. And yet, who among you has not felt conflicted about desire? 
Who among you has not been taught that desire is evil? Who among you has not been taught not to desire to be great? Who among you has not been taught that the desire for material comfort is some sort of blot on the spiritual path? Look well within your soul and see if this is not true. Have you not feared at times the welling up of desire within you? For well, as I look upon your plane, there are many who become paralyzed with fear just because they desire to have a bowl of ice cream. So afraid are they that they that if they give in to that desire, something in the ice cream will cause their body to bloat and their brain to cease functioning. Hmm. <laughs> and for those of you in intimate relationship, what you call marriage, a commitment of some kind, there seem to be many levels of commitment in your world. Each has their own definition. How many of you have not carried the the belief taught to you by the world that if you feel an energy of desire welling up within yourself, when you look upon someone who is not your partner, that somehow you have sinned against God. How many of you then do not know the experience of trying to rein in the 10,000 horses so sure that if you give in Give in to feeling desire that everything would run amok and your attempt to keep your life structured and rigid and predictable would collapse. What you call a hell breaking loose. Hmm? And yet I say unto you, would you exist if God had feared the desire to create and extend love by forming you? at the same time giving you infinite freedom of choice, without desire, look around. Not only would you see nothing, there would be nothing to do the seeing. Everything is an effect of desire. That's epic. Yeah, it is. So, and I'm, I'm hearing, and I can't wait to read the rest of this because I'm hearing like the I think desire can run amok if we let the desires of the ego and the external um, pleasure seeking rule, like through the senses, if we let that rule our lives, then we become ultra just hedonistic. Well, I mean, I hear that, but then like the ice cream example, right? It's like, what are you telling yourself about the hedonism, right? Like, If the desire, how I hear it is that if the desire is present, it's literally coming through God and it's how we're relating to what's happening. You know how Ron and Mary hold it. It's not that you have the desire for the ice cream. That's, that's the thing. It's like how you're relating to the desire of ice cream. I love that. Thank you for that clarification. I can feel that. I can sense that energy that the, um, the urge or the energy of desire is probably rather neutral. And it's really just how we apply that energy in our life, how the filter it's coming through and the meanings that we give to the energy attached to it. It's attachment, right? Like, am I attached to the story of ice cream? 
Come then to see that desire is not evil. It is not to be feared. It is to be mastered. So yes, it's the wild horse energy. And do you want the wild horses running wild or do you want to actually ride the horse? If you're going to ride. <laughs> the wild <pony>. I, <laughs> mastery. Yeah. mastery is not control. Ooh. Mm -mm, it is not. All right. So let's come then to see that desire is not evil. It is not to be feared. It is to be mastered. Mastery is not control. For control, the need to control is an effect of the energy of fear and not love. Mastery of desire comes when you recognize that you are safe to feel whatever wave of desire might come up through your consciousness because you decide whether or not you will act on it, whether you will bring it into the field of manifestation. The power of choice is the one power that can never be taken from you. You already have perfect mastery of it because nothing you have ever experienced comes to you without your decision to allow it into the field of manifestation. Come then to feel that desire is something welling up from the depth beyond yourself that can be looked at with perfect innocence and with the wonder of a child. And that the very act of turning to allow and welcome desire is not something that will sidetrack you from the path of awakening, but will indeed take you vertically, if you will, into the heart of God. For if you are to ever create as God creates, you will need to heal your conflicted perceptions about desire. You will need to transcend the energy of fear. There are many who call upon me to and pray. There is not an hour in your time frame in which there are not many upon your plane somewhere on your planet that are praying to me that want their hearts to be filled with Christ. And yet at the very same time, they are scared to death of an energy that wants to move because they have been taught to fear to suppress desire. Desire is like the liquid of life that moves through the stem of the rose and allows the petals to radiate with glorious color. When you block the flow of desire, the petals cannot be nourished. Death begins to occur. Death of the heart, death of the soul, lifelessness. Wow. That is so powerful. Desire is the energy because it just desires and wants to. This is fascinating. Yeah, that energy of fear and how it can constrict the heart and literally choke choke you out. Yeah, lose your color, right? Oh my gosh, it totally, that's exactly what happens in heart disease or in pulmonary lung disease as well, because while the heart is beating, the body can't hold the breath, which means it can't attach itself to the molecules that literally flow through the blood. So, I mean, it's interesting when I look at how this applies to my own family experience. So mm -hmm. fascinating. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, same. If you were to walk down one of your city streets and to truly look into the eyes of everyone you see and everyone that reads these words has had this experience, would you not recognize that death seems to have already made a home in the minds of many that are living? Death of dreams, death of hope, death of worthiness, death of playfulness, death of true power, death of union with their source and creator. Healing requires the willingness to feel desire, to see it as good, to see it as holy. 
Does that not mean that if you feel a desire that it might not become twisted by the egoic patterns of your mind? Of course not. There's always that possibility that desire will be twisted to meet the needs of an egoic mind within you. But rest assured, if it does, who's done it? You. Always within you. You know that desire is good, but you suppressed it. Always, when desire comes forth, those times when you've let it become twisted into serving the goals of the ego, rest assured, you knew perfectly well what you were doing, and you were the decision maker. You have learned, therefore, to fear desire because that fear is the effect of fearing yourself, and that is what cripples you. That is what cuts off the creative flow. That is what leads to everything your world knows as the multitude of psychological diseases, an unwillingness to trust oneself, an unwillingness to love oneself, the belief that the desires that move up through your beingness are somehow evil and dark. If you could only stamp them out of your being, you could remain in control and everybody would like you because you'd conform to the smallness and the littleness that is worshipped in human consciousness. Listen well now to the next axiom we give you. The only relationship which, which holds any value at all is your relationship with God, your creative source, the depth of the ocean. Wow. And right away, the mind wells up. But what about my mate? What about my parents? What about my children? What about the president of the United States? <laughs> you will come up with a million examples of relationships that surely have great importance. The only one that holds any value is your relationship with God. For when that is in alignment, all of your creations, your choices for relationships and how you will be with them, within them, will flow effortlessly from that alignment. Therefore, seek first the kingdom and all these things will be added unto you. Do not try to create a rose by starting with the petals, but nourish the roots and the flower must bloom. If you are to be in right relationship with your, your creator, it is absolutely necessary to correct your perception and relationship with the energy of desire. It begins by releasing your judgment for, all, for it in all of its forms. Releasing your judgment of all in all its forms. For again, you can only be in love or fear. You can only be in innocence or judgment. Love and innocence are the kingdom. Fear and judgment are of illusion. I'm coming into this really within me, this really profound sense that I've been doing this meditation every morning with my drum where I just chant over and over. I chant, I am in the I amness, like coming into this I amness, I am, and then I am the whole I-ness and the, and the wholeness of all that is, and really getting this profound sense that 
exactly what, like we've shared before earlier that God is all of me, but I am not all of God. And so in knowing that and having, knowing that this, that the only relationship that holds any value is my relationship to my creative source is really in essence, developing and cultivating an authentic relationship with who I am. Yes. And honing that and, and literally, you know, that whole, the way is the way that came up. It, it's like every single one of the practices and I say this in terms of you and I, but I offer it to the listeners too. Every, every single one of the practice that had us be who we are in this moment, how we got to be who we are, like those are, that is the way, right? Like yeah. in being able to see with clear eyes and real eyes, what is true. And I love this energy of desire, like re-harnessing this energy of desire and like getting behind it, like really harnessing it is it's kind of a fascinating practice. This is going to be a really fun practice this week to harness in on this energy of desire, especially as I'm traveling and being able to notice the energy of desire as it arises and how to really cultivate that into something productive and serving my true love, which is my source. Yes, I have an affirmation and it is God is my partner. All right, we're going to begin with releasing judgment of desire. Learn then through simple practice to interpret the pattern you've learned from the illusionary world world so that you can release judgment of the energy of desire. This will be different for each and every one depending on where they begin. But to give you a very simple exercise, when you awaken in the morning and you've planted your feet firmly on the on your floor, take a pause and ask yourself this question. What do I want right now? Coffee. <laughs> That's right. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Right away, the mind will say, well, I'm too busy to know what I want. I have to go off to work. I have to serve somebody else, everybody else. I'm here to satisfy the world. I have no time to ask myself what I want. Remember that what you decree is and the thought you hold in the mind will be reflected through the nature of your experience. So take pause and ask, what do I want? And then simply give yourself one minute to observe whatever comes up in the mind. And even is, or even is felt in the body. So observe where it's felt in the body and where, when you get the question in your mind is how I hear that. Is that how you heard it? Yeah. So why don't we do this as a practice right now? Oh my gosh. I so love it. Yeah. I'll leave, I'll set my timer. So one minute is going to seem like a long time on a podcast for silence, but let's do this. We're going to do it. Like, let's just embody it and land it in the body now. So if you're somewhere where you can, I invite you to close your eyes. Um, If you're driving, obviously don't close your eyes, but just bring this to your mind and really tune into your body, noticing 
your breathing, noticing what's going on inside of your body. And I like to really attune to my feet and to my hands to feel really into my body what's going on. So drop in and then take a deep breath and ask yourself, what do I want? And even say it aloud, what do I want? And then just for the next minute, just notice what arises, how many thoughts arise, how many feelings arise. What do I want? Take a nice deep breath, coming back to the present and just acknowledging and noticing where desire arose up in your body. And in that exercise, I noticed that I have a desire to relax this afternoon. So beautiful. Yeah. Mm. You might want to take a hot shower. You might want a glass of juice or water. You might want to sing. You might want to stretch or breathe. You might want to turn and look at your lover, your mate still sleeping in bed. You might want to arise and go and sneak into your children's room and watch them sleep. You might want to sit down and read the morning paper. But the point here is to notice that by asking the question, something will respond within you. And when that response comes, notice that there is a feeling associated with it, a quality that makes your cells sing just a little bit. That's the energy, the elixir of life called desire. And I could feel that because I could really feel the excitement of all of the choices and asking myself, what do I want? I was like, oh, there's so many things I can choose from right now. And I felt that little bit of excitement of the freedom of choice and possibility. Yeah, I, I so hear you. I had it too. You did too? I did, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's see here. Uh, in this one minute, you need not rise to act, but just simply observe, ah, what do I want to take a hot shower? The feeling of the thought or the thought that emits the feeling in the body, I want to take a hot shower, is carried on the elixir of desire. And desire is coming from the depth of your beingness that, again, rests right next to the face of God and might it not be the case that by following the desire that wells up through your heart, by feeling it, by embracing it, you might learn and discover what the ocean is wishing to express through the wave that you are? And if you judge desire, might you not be shutting off the creative flow that the mind of God wishes to express? Of course, that's the problem. You've tied the hose in a knot through conflicted judgments. And the idea now is to begin in a simple way to begin to give yourself permission to feel desire, to allow it even into the cells of the body, to observe it, to notice it, and to sit with it.
Here is a very common one in your world. Be honest with yourself. How many times have you felt the desire to be wealthy? It's not something you're supposed to sit around and talk about or make very public. Boy, this morning I woke up and I just imagined I had so many golden coins that I could buy the entire planet. Oh, money is the root of all evil. I can't think that way. Well, I guess I better get busy and get off to my office job that secretly inside I really resent because they don't pay me what my soul is worth. But I'll pretend I'm quite fine because money? Oh, no, I'm quite fine. I have enough. And no, 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 I'm really quite fine. And then as you drive home, a Mercedes Benz pulls up beside you and you cannot help but turn and go, God, I wish I could afford one of those. Oh, God, I can't have that thought. So I'll drive my old Volkswagen wagon down the road. Hmm. But I'm being a very good spiritual person. Be very honest with yourselves. How many times have you felt welling up within yourself the desire to be wealthy? What on earth has caused you to fear that desire? What has caused you to tie the hose in a knot so that you try to block that desire from coming into manifestation? And, you know, with the Mercedes pulling up, the other thing that you could do <laughs> instead of coveting it is you could judge the person for driving. Wow. It. <laughs> and you're like, how dare they? Oh, God, I can't believe they spend their money on that. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, you because you a know, lot of hungry people with that Mercedes. But you could beat a lot of hungry people with that Mercedes. And guess what? You could do both. And exactly. I'm talking about the judgment of it. I yeah. know. I was just playing little angel advocate. <laughs> what? <laughs> Perhaps you were a child. You went... Um, to one of your cathedrals and there was someone in a long robe standing upon the platform and because everything looks so beautiful surely they must be speaking with authority and because this cathedral is filled with a with a whole lot of small little minds that are still living in their own level of fear when that voice spoke and said money is the root of all evil you said oh well that's the truth Oh, yes, that's the truth. Oh, yes. Oh, God. I better fear money. Hmm. I say unto you, you have one authority, and it is never held within the office of any church or any organization or any one individual. Your authority is the voice of God that dwells within your heart and within your mind. God is not limited and does not require his children to be limited. For if you would receive all that God would give you, you would decide to rise up and to be the greatest wave that you could possibly be. For only in doing so do you honor your creator. I love those last sentences so much because it is the answer to... (laughs) beauty and excellence that dwells and lives within each one of us. And like, that's, it's literally, I said it this morning, it's, it's our job to be that beautiful and to be that juicy and to offer, offer that as our offering. It's so gorgeous. I agree with you. And it's it's really like this fullness of showing up for life in the fullness of your capacity and not limiting like, okay. So again, if you have that desire in you, then that means that that is the desire of the creator planted in you. And maybe that that creator knows that you 
cruising down the road in your Mercedes are also going to go to the local charity of your choice and write a $25,000 check to help the people there. So it's like you, good people do good things with money and money is just a, a neutral currency. And I love that it's the word currency. It flows. It's in flow. It is in flow or it's not right. Like noticing what's in the way of it. So we, we can block it and we can also repel it. Yes. Yeah. Fascinating. So you could say that God is like a wise gardener who constant, who is constantly trying to grow beautiful roses. He knows exactly how much moisture to put in the soil. He knows how to make those nutrients rise from the soil through the roots up through the heart of the stem of the flower to give forth radiant color so that everyone that looks upon it is touched by the majesty, the mystery of beauty. I was going to say the majesty of beauty, majesty and mystery of beauty. I'm just going to add both of those things in there. And God wonders, well, it's interesting. These roses that I've created seem to have a mind of their own. As the elixir, I tried to give them rise through the stems. They tie themselves in little knots, and the only and only a little bit of the elixir reaches out, so the petals never quite blossom fully. Have you ever had that feeling that you're putting more energy into staying constricted than you are into allowing expansion? Gee, I don't know anything about what that sentence is talking about moly and this is where we're ending our chapter of this book for this week that is like boom drop the mic right there oh it's so beautiful this is wonderful have you ever had the feeling that you're putting more energy into staying constricted than you are into allowing expansion yes 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 me too i'm you know i'm allowing that loving awareness to just like have its eyes on my life. The creator gave us this amazing gift of free will, which is fascinating to me because I'm like, if we're like, I'm imagining like the rose analogy, right? That it's like the roses have tied themselves in little knots because they're like, Oh no, I better not express myself as this big, bright pink and orange rose that puts off tons of perfume. I might upset the daisies. Right. And that's like, that's what, that's what people do when we don't, when we tie ourselves in those knots and when we put ourselves into those energetic knots of staying constricted, it's exhausting. And we're misusing the will that God gave us, that the creator gave us, that the source gave us, because the will is tied to the desire. So with desire comes the will to act. And so when people say like, I don't have any willpower, I'm like, oh, you have tons of willpower. You're just putting it in the wrong energy. You're putting it in the wrong direction. You're putting it into the energy of staying small. You're putting your will into the energy of uh, staying in addiction, staying in your stories, staying in your fighting for your smallness in that constricted space, which really does feel constricting. Well, because it is, I mean, I think that's um, how, well, I mean, I'll just own that. And in, in some of my own life experiences, I have allowed that what that process that you just said to be the thing, you know, for example, when I was married, like what my husband would think about me, 
you know, wanting his approval so badly and like do wanting anything to have it, like just to have his approval of how I was moving in the world and and the ways that art was expressing itself through me and to never have it. It's like, he, he couldn't give it to me because I wasn't giving it to myself. (laughs) That's exactly right. And that same thing is true of um, my marriage. And I remember learning in the gene keys in the sphere of your attraction that I'm a line six. And so it said, and I remember reading that it said line six eternal question is why don't you love me? Because the line six isn't like in the shadow can never have enough love because it's seeking the, the validation from outside in. Yeah. And that's living from the inside out, which is being connected to the creator, which is, you know, knowing that all desire flows from me out into the world. And therein lies the beauty of my my rose blossomed. I think it's super fascinating as well that this has brought up the the, con- the talk about money and wealth, which I have had nothing but conversations about wealth and money in the last two weeks or the week and a half at least. It keeps showing up. Yeah, it does. And I would I would actually venture to say it's been an ongoing conversation for like the last month. Yeah, I think so too. And it's been very fascinating. And I've been doing a lot of work around releasing um, the money blocks. And so in, uh, Celia and I, I were in a course together, a, cl- a day class together, and somebody shared a story about their money block or where, what they realized was holding them back. And when they shared their story, I had this huge aha about my own. And so I want to share that. And, and you did too, because yeah, Nama, this is so important. I think Nama quiet. Let me go let the dog outside. I don't know what she wants. Do you want to go outside? What do you want? I don't know why daddy's not letting you outside. Do you want to go outside? Okay, I'll be right back. <laughs> do you need to go outside? What's that? Oh, he's swimming. You want to Chris is in the pool and Nama wants in. <laughs> oh, that's so cute. I knew she wanted something because she's not usually that annoying. <sighs> okay, so the money story and the money block. Um, she shared her story and then I had an instant aha moment. And that aha moment was for me that my biggest money block, and I've shared it with other with money coaches before, and they're like, that's a tough one. I've never heard that before. And they don't, they couldn't figure out how to help me with it because my money block, my money belief was... I don't need money to be happy. I don't need money to be happy was what I was, was my conscious thought about my money block. But beneath that, the story that I remembered where, when that first locked in to my brain was when I was a little girl, I was gosh, probably eight. And we lived in this neighborhood where everybody had horses and I wanted a horse more than anything in the world from the time I was probably four until I was 10. I wanted a horse so bad. And so I came home from school one day and there was a folded up newspaper. And this is back in the day of um, classified ads because I'm that old. And they had a classified ad. My mom had circled an ad for a horse. And I saw it on the counter and I got so excited. I started, I grabbed it and I started jumping up and down and screaming, we're getting a horse, we're getting a horse. I just remember how excited I was. And then my mom grabbed the paper from me and said, well, now we're not because you were nosy and snooping around. And that was just so soul crushing that that 
I think right then in that moment, I made an agreement that to not ask for anything because then I can never be disappointed and I can just be happy with whatever shows up with whatever arises. And then that story that I told myself was, I don't need money to be happy, which is true. I don't need money to be happy. However, when I don't have money, it's very stressful. And when I do have money, I'm already a happy person. So I just get to magnify my happiness. And so when that story arose about that, I was like, oh, this is why I don't ask for what I want. This is why I don't ask sometimes to be paid for my services. This is why I don't ask to be. And I was like, I just had such an awareness around it, Celia, that it has blown my whole mind. Well, and I was so grateful when, because we were together in the, like, as it was unfolding in the meeting, just to set the stage for um, the listeners, when you shared what you were having in that moment, I was like, yeah, I have the same thing, only it's in the asking so that I'm not disappointed. And like where that shows up all over my life, because I don't want to be in the space of disappointment. And then part of healing that is literally asking the question, right? Like, can we, you know, are you open to, and like this work in the last couple of weeks has really set me free to be in that space. And then also to, to just like go inside to see what's coming forward and what wants to live through me. And like allowing the expansion, exactly what the book said, right? Like allowing ourselves to expand. Because maybe the thing I've been wanting is, you know, I have that saying, like what I want wants me, <laughs> but yep. it's the place it wants me from. Like it's got to be aligned with where I, where I am mm-hmm. in order to locate me. So fascinating. So I can receive it. So beautiful. So I'm debating if I should go get my drum and sing my money chant that I could, we could put it on the podcast that I sing every day. I actually do do this every day and it feels really good now. And if, if when I first started doing it, I could feel the blocks when I would say, when I would say the words. And now as I've been saying the words, it's cleared that space, the vibration of saying those words and affirming it, that it's really created the space and cleared the space in me to honor and really step into that desire because if that desire is there, then it's a desire that spirit wants for me. Right. That's exactly it. Spirit wants it for me too. Why don't you go get your drum and like, do it. Let's do it. Just do it for like a minute. I would love to have the opportunity to lean into what you're, what you're celebrating inside of you. Yeah. I mean, honestly, part of this is about the way I experience it is that when we give ourselves permission to express and to share, we open up the field for receptivity and for giving back. And this is it right here. We're doing it right now. We're in the work right now. The way is the way. The way is the way. Let's do it. (laughs) And then tell them about the song that we heard and that you knew, which was also about money, because that was a beautiful song. And we'll share a link to that at the bottom of this podcast. Oh, oh my goodness. I love that you are presencing that. Um, The artist's name is Karen Drucker, and let me just look it up real quick because she's just fantastic. Um, It's um, Money is Coming to Me, I believe is the name of the song. 
Yeah, that is the name of the song. The name of the song is called Money is Coming to Me, and it's sung by Karen Dr- Drucker. Okay. And she's just amazing. Beautiful. So we'll share a link to that song and then invite you um, at the end. This is the end of this podcast, and we'll share this um, chant that I've been singing, and we'll sing it together. And I invite you to say this as an affirmation for yourself as well, because it feels really good to change your vibration around um, receiving money and also sharing the money, right? Like that's what the money is for. The money is that is the currency. And it's like allowing it to flow. It's so gorgeous. Yeah. And I don't want to be a a little trickly pond that frogs live in. I want to be a big flowing river. (laughs) I want to be a fire hose. (laughs) And so it is. And so it is. (laughs) Let me see if I remember how the chant goes. energy around that because that's kind of it. I love that he used the example of wealth. And I think that's because one of the, that's one of the things that most people have the most hangups around. Well, it's worthiness and I get that. (laughs) So this has been a beautiful episode. I think the, what do you think the practice is this weekend in uh, design? It's to chant and to make a list um, of what I want, what I want. What I, what, what do I want right now? That practice of what do I want? I also like Felicia. What's I don't remember how to say her last name. Cersei. Cersei. Um, Felicia Cersei said to get into the practice of asking what would I love now? Yes. And so I love the energy of the desire, right? But in the context of like how I have that, what do I want or what would I love now? Just bringing that forward, I believe that's the practice this week and being conscious of where I'm feeling that in the body and um, what arises and then writing it down because our words are our bond and our wand. Not only writing it down, but also saying it, affirming it and not that you want it, but affirming it that it is already so. And it is, it's just a matter of allowing it to manifest into the, the tangible moment called this reality, the physical realm. Mm-hmm. And we're the ones who bring that forth. We are. And I feel like that's what's happening in this moment. Yeah. 
All right, dear listeners. Well, thank you. We wish you all a super wonderful, blessed week. Check into your desires and just really notice them and don't judge them and just be in awareness of whatever arises. So beautiful. Thank you so much for spending your time with us. We know you have a choice in how you choose to do that. And we're honored that it is with us. And we look forward to seeing you next week. Light ahead to you. See you soon. Bye. Thank you for listening to We Woke Up Like This. Don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you are listening to this podcast. Oh, and don't forget to drop us a comment and ask a question. And go to wewokeuplikethis.com to join the Soul Awakened community. See you next time. Bye. Bye.